What's good, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Mid-Range Game Podcast. I'm your host, Ole Defense 1033 Hope you all had an amazing week coming your way back here. Beautiful Monday morning. Uh, talking History of the Heat Part 2. 2001 through uh, 09 uh, and uh, 2010. So, all right, man, I'm going to just jump on into this. This shit going to be kind of long again because I got to get my thoughts and shit. And, and I just want to kind of give, like, a detailed breakdown, man. I don't want to be, like, one of them people that just say this shit and this shit. Um, and, you know, at least not try to give, like, detailed thoughts or give some type of context. So, so just letting y'all know, this is going to be a long one. Because uh, there's a lot to cover in this fucking decade of Heat basketball. Uh, so let's go back in the DeLorean, go to 2001, 2000, uh, excuse me, 2000, 2001 season. So this season, uh, coming off the, what I feel like is the most devastating loss uh, so far uh, in the Heat's franchise history. Uh, losing to your rival on your home court again. In the manner that they lost, um, I certainly thought, you know, from here, you basically got to kind of blow up the team. Um, But that's not quite what happened. Um, And unfortunately, um, Alonzo Mourning uh, got the kidney ailment uh, that, you know, it's been covered already. Y'all know at this point, but basically it pretty much ended Zoe's prime. he was the second best uh, center in basketball, and you know, and I and I say that, and not just you know as a throwaway because he was a legit uh, great center, especially coming off of 2000. And I think it was by far his best season, um, his most dominant season, his most well-rounded season, um, and unfortunately losing that. I mean, the Heat lost their heart and soul. Um, other franchise and you know as a fan I'm looking at it like oh shit Uh, here we go again like we're back to square one you know we're you know you basically gotta just kind of blow up the team we're done you know you 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 start to kind of panic as a fan and you know some fans are able to keep cooler heads than others and you know I was able to keep a cooler head you know, after the initial, you know, devastation of just knowing that Zoe was going to be gone and, you know, even thinking further than that, like, damn, what the fuck is his life is going to be like? You know, is this like kind of be going to be like a situation where his life is is on the line where where he might die or, you know, it kind of brought back similar, um, you know, similar feelings to for me for when, you know, I heard magic, you know watching that live, watching Magic, you know, do the press conference on, you know, HIV announcing his retirement and just wondering, because at that point, we didn't really know much about HIV. So, you know, a lot of us, including me, assumed that, shit, Magic's going to be dead within the next couple of years or so. And this is like just devastation. And, you know, obviously, as time went on, you know, we became more educated and, um, as we did with uh, Zoe's kidney ailment, um, but uh, we we would he would definitely be gone on the court. Uh, Zoe would be out pretty much up until like the last thirteen games 
of the season. And when he did come back, you know, obviously, man, you know, you missing half a season. Uh, his condition, it wasn't what it was. And, and it could never get back to what it was because of the kidney. Uh, but having Zoe on the court, giving you 13, 8, and 3, you know, in the last 13 games, including the playoffs, uh, it was definitely a boost for a team that had, I mean, shit, we were by far uh, one of the worst uh, offenses in basketball and had been one of the worst offensive ba- teams in basketball during the Pat Rowdy era. Now, before Pat Rowdy, the Heat, you know, when they had Glenn Rice, Steve Smith, they were more of an offensive squad. You know, scoring wasn't the problem. It was defense. Now, with the Rowdy in the Rowdy era, it was offense that was the biggest problem, not defense. You know, defense, we, the Heat could always get the stops that they needed. They just couldn't convert those stops. And that was definitely the case in 01. Um, you know, Eddie Jones led the Heat in scoring again, 17 the game. Uh, the Heat got Anthony Mason, uh, who I was a fan of, uh, along f- from Charlotte. And I'm going to get into that, to why that happened. Uh, also, Tim Hardaway, um, 15 to 6. This is like Tim kind of, this is definitely Tim and kind of like on his last legs. And, and I mean that with all respect. Uh, but, you know, he was definitely not the Tim Hardaway, you know, that was, you know, crossing up people just a few years before. Uh, his needs were definitely done at this point, And that's what pretty much led to his decline. Uh, Brian Grant was a great addition from the Blazers, giving us 15 and 8 off the bench. Uh, so also, man, this team had there was actually a couple of people on this team that I forgot were even on the team. He had A.C. Green. A.C. Green was on this fucking team. Cedric Sabalas was on this team. And obviously, you know, these dudes were washed by this point, man. But they were they were both really good players at one point. Uh, Eddie House. Uh, I'm a I'm a Eddie House fan. I just like I like guys that just shoot that shit. Just with no fear, no repercussions. They don't give a fuck what point it is in the game. They just say, fuck it. I'm going to just let go let this shit fly. Because I'm going to end up on the bench anyway in the next couple of minutes. So, fuck it. Uh, Eddie House is definitely one of my favorite, man. He's a heat check guy. Kind of dude that could just for a quarter, when he gets hot, he could fucking bury a team just on his own. Now, the reason why the heat got Anthony Mason... <laughs> Uh, was because of a trade. Uh, so the Heat, uh, through trade, got Anthony Mason. They also got Jamal Ma- traded Jamal Mashburn and got Eddie Jones. Uh, so um, once again, you know, as I said in the, the the last episode, I definitely had mixed feelings about Mash. But uh, looking back on it in hindsight, Mash just kind of got a need to get that you need to just give the rock to and just let him and just let him ball. Um, and Eddie Jones, man, Eddie Jones was the fucking two guard that the Heat needed like five years ago. Uh, and I was, a, I'm a big Eddie Jones fan as well. Uh, Eddie Smooth game, uh, one of the most underrated perimeter defenders of his era. Um, good three point shooter, just you know, a guy that's steady, man. You know, he's gonna get you about between 17 and 19 points. He was gonna defend his position at a high level. You know, he wasn't going to make dumb mistakes. He wasn't going to, you know, rock the waves offensively. You know, he wasn't going to demand the ball. He's just a, just somebody that could perfectly blend with, uh, just on fit on any team. Uh, 
Because he was just a versatile player. So, um, I'm... I'm a really big fan of this particular Heat team uh, because I was just surprised that, you know, that this team was able to win 50 games. And, and I know it was the East, and the East wasn't exactly great. I know that. It's pre- back then, at least. Um, but I was a fan of this team, man. Uh, I was a big fan of Anthony Mason. Anthony Mason was kind of like uh, he was like the power for Rondo. Uh, you know, couldn't shoot a lick. But he could really handle that ball. He could pass. You know, he could kind of get to wherever he needed to on the court because of his handle and because he was such a good passer and because he was so fucking powerful. Um, <clears throat> Mason was one of them dudes like, you come in the hole, man. He's going to lay your ass out, which I personally love. He played like a big man. Uh, I was a fan of Brian Grant as well. Uh, somebody that's just solid. Uh, wasn't going to get you killed. You know, somebody that was going to defend his position well. He was going to have help you. He was going to get you about seven to eight boards. Uh, and on offense, you know, he was somebody that was going to be a knockdown mid-range jump shot uh, shooter. And that's what he was, man. From 15 feet, he was he was pretty much damn near automatic. Uh, so, yeah, I was a fan of this team. Uh, I love the hustle defensively. Uh you know, I think having Anthony Mason really took t- took the load off Hardaway uh, as well, because he could because he could handle the ball as well. Um, so it was a very versatile team. Uh, unfortunately, I knew as a fan that it was a it was a team that wasn't going to go far. We were a regular season team, and you know, at best, <laughs> maybe we sneak and win the first round matchup but lose in the second round at best but at worst uh, we were going to get swept um and it was the worst case scenario uh the heat got swept they got swept by the charlotte hornets uh and this charlotte hornet team was led by jamal mashburn uh and they also had uh baron davis uh Eldon Campbell, Jamal McClure's. It was a, it was a good, it was a really good team. David Wesley, uh, rest in peace. Um, excuse me, I, was, I got that mixed up. David Wesley is still alive and very present. I was thinking of Bobby Fields, that who passed away. So that's my bad on that. Let me correct myself. Um, but Charlie had a good team, though. Uh, they had good size. And, you know, Mashburn was in his element. You know, Mash was getting the ball. You know, he was the focal point of the offense. And Mash delivered. Uh, New York in this series against the Heat, unfortunately, um, you know, 22 a game, you know, seven boards, you know, four assists a game. So Mash delivered, you know, when, when Mash was the focal point, um, you know, this was his team. You know, even though you had young Baron Davis there, this was Mash's Burns team. Uh, and Mashburn led led this Hornet squad uh, to Game Seven against a, a really good Bucks team. Um, so uh, and this, and you know Mashburn was also an All Star this season. So you know Mash, like I said, when Mash was a focal point, you gave Mash the ball and let him kind of play, uh, let him handle the ball, let him play make. You know, make, make sure that he gets his shot. Mash was Mash delivered. Uh, he delivered in college, and you know, as we saw, even you know later in his career, after his knees were shot, uh, he still delivered. Unfortunately, for my Heat, 
he delivered on us and Baron Davis delivered on us. And and this was like the most uncompetitive fucking first round matchup that I can remember seeing. Like, I, I think the Hornets, I think the I think the Hornets beat them by an average of 20, 21 points. Uh, the closest game was like was the Heat lost by what seventeen, um, but other than that, the, the other two games the Heat lost by twenty five one game, and then they lost by twenty one. So this was like such an uncompetitive um, first round matchup, and it was just disappointing, man. You know, you never want to see your fucking team go out like that. Just eh. it was just weak, man. So. Um, but, you know, as a fan, I can remember thinking after this, um, yeah, um, I, it's time to blow this shit up. And, you know, it's 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 hard, man. You know, it's hard as a fan, man, to, to say that, to say those words and to just, you know, want your team to blow shit up. Especially after you've had, like, you know, a sustained run of success, you know, like the Heat have. And to go from that sustained run and just to... You know, all right, well, we got to blow this shit up and start all over again. And it's just like, damn, you know, it's like, damn. But that's but that's life in the NBA, man. You know, you got to you know, there's no there's there's nothing good in being average in the NBA or just being like a 45, 50 win team. And, oh, you made the playoffs and you you get bounced out in the first or second round every year. Man, that shit is that shit gets old. That shit. You know that that shit is is counterproductive. You're not gaining experience off of that. So the only way to win in the NBA, you got to bottom out. Pray to God that you that you get the first couple of picks in a deep draft with like stars and just hope for the best. Uh, and that's where we that's where the Heat was. Oh one, oh two. This season, the Heat was definitely off. Um, he went 36 games, top five on defense, worst offense in basketball by far. Um, actually, I actually think this is one of Pat Riley's better coaching job. You know, to, to get this roster, the 36 wins. I mean, you st- you had Eddie Jones, you know, 18 a game. You could just pencil him, him in for that. Uh, you had Zoe. Uh, Zoe was back. He was about at 30 minutes a game. You know, as I've said before, you know, not peak Zoe. Uh, but still, but still a solid, uh, still a good NBA center numbers, especially for that for that era. Uh, 15, 8, 3 blocks a game, about 30 minutes a game. Uh, but after that, man, we go from Jimmy Jackson, uh, Rod Strickland. Shit, I forgot Rod Strickland even played uh, for the Heat. And this was definitely not prime Rod Strickland, man. This Rod Strickland was washed at this point. Um, you know, Brian Grant. Then we had a couple of more motherfuckers that was washed. Uh, you know, Kendall Gill. Not a big Kendall Field, Kendall Gill fan, but by this point, he was. Uh, he had seen better days. Uh, Chris Gallen, uh, who was like a sneaky good post player. Chris Gallen was somebody that would put 18, 19 points on your favorite power forward. That's how he was. He was cold. He was a handful for for any for any power forward in that area offensively. But he was washed by this point. Alfonso Ellis, I was a fan of him. Wash, and you know Anthony Carter, he's not that good. 
you know, just no difference makers on this team, man. Like I said, the fact that Pat Riley got this fucking team to, to 36 wins, I think is an accomplishment. Fast forward to 0203. Yikes. Shit. Boy, the heat is definitely off. There ain't no damn sunshine on South Beach. It is just straight darkness. Uh, heat win 25 games. Once again, <laughs> as I said before, in the Pat Riley era, defense was never the problem. The, the Heat were a top three defense, but couldn't score worth shit. I mean, they were even worse offensively than they were the year before. This team on the average of 85 points a game. Um, so, um, Eddie Jones, once again, led the team in scoring 18 a game. Karan uh, Butler, rookie Karan Butler, um, he was at about 13 a game. Still had Brian Grant, but, you know, you had Travis Best. By this point, Travis Best had definitely, he was definitely about done uh, being like an impact type of player. Rasul Butler, Eddie House, you know, once again, man, this is like, it's expansion team talent. Uh, no difference maker. Um, so, and at this point, it became pretty clear, um, especially, you know, to fans that, you know, if whatever team didn't have a chance to do shit in the playoffs, we're tanking for, we're tanking for the draft. Uh, in this draft, uh, this will be the the Bron, Melo, Wade, Chris Bosh draft, one of the greatest drafts ever. Um, so, uh, fast forward, 03, 04 season, uh, the Heat draft Dwayne Wade. Um, one of my absolute favorite players, and I'm going to get into him in a minute. Um, this team went for, won 42 games right back in the playoffs, baby. The heat is warm. All right. So on this young team, um, you know, you had rookie Wade, uh, Lamar Odom, uh, Karan Butler was out in his second season. And I was a big fan of this uh, particular, uh, particular heat team. Uh, I, I was a big fan of Lamar Odom. Uh, Lamar Odom is one of the most talented players ever. Um, you know, 6'10", with guard handles, uh, athletic as hell, uh, could pass. You know, he was somebody that, you know, with with probably like, with if he was more motivated, like different intangibles, he was somebody that could have been like the next Magic. Uh, that's how skilled and, and how talented he was. Um, and I was a big fan of Karan Butler as well. Tough juice, as they call him. Somebody, man, that just, he would just, he, he ain't play no games on that court, man. He was like all heart and, and he was all toughness out there. Um, I was a big fan of him in college, too, because he had a grown man game in college. So I figured his game would translate really nicely in the pros with more space. Uh, Karan had a nice post game he could also put the ball in a basket and he was athletic and big and strong too so i liked him and he could shoot just and he could shoot enough too from the outside to where him and odin would would fit well enough together and you know and then we got eddie jones out on the perimeter eddie jones was still balling at this point uh Dwayne wade uh i mean man he he won me over i didn't know shit about Dwayne wade up until the NCAA tournament that year, but I found out a hell of a lot about him as as we all did. And um, when this brother got on the heat, I was ecstatic because I looked at him and I just loved his game. And his game, especially once he got into the pros, 
his game always reminded me of young MJ, not fadeaway MJ, because there's a difference between young MJ when he first got in the league, like his first couple of years up until he put on weight. Um, his first two or three years, um, his style was completely different than what it was like afterwards. Um, and that's who Dwayne Wade always reminded me of, because Dwayne Wade lived in the paint. He he got to the paint at will, and he could finish um, – uh, one of the great finishers ever, man. Uh, so his style of play always reminded me of a uh, young MJ, like how he slashed to the hole and everything. I don't know, it's just me. Um, but yeah, big fan of this team, man. Um, you know, Ray for All Star off the bench, giving giving them ten and five. Uh, Brian Grant eight and seven. You know, Donis Haslam was a rookie, and he would be a valuable piece uh for, for for years to come in Miami. Um I was happy that this team got some fucking payback uh for the loss to the Hornets uh the year before. Uh beat the Hornets in a in a very good very competitive seven game series. Uh it was really a team effort. Uh Karan Butler in game seven had a had a big game. Um uh, although they lost to Indy in the next round uh, in six games, uh, I, you could see as as fans of basketball, you could see flashes of greatness in Wade, flashes of greatness in Odom, flashes of greatness in Butler too. But 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 particularly Wade, you could see that because even as a rookie, you know there were moments even in the playoffs, uh, especially against Indy, which I mean this Indy team was one of the great, uh, one of the um, really. A damn good team, uh, led by Jermaine O'Neal, Meta World Peace, who was around our test at that point. You know, they had, uh, um, who else did they have? I want to say they had Steven Jackson as well on that team. So it was a good team that, that the Heat lost to. Uh, so as a fan, man, I'm like, yes, okay, cool. We are, we are headed <laughs> in the right direction. Um, so going into the summer uh, of 04, you know, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm ready. I'm ready for the next season to start already. You know, I like this core Wade and Odom. But <laughs> as as we all know, that young core got blown the fuck up real quick, man. When when the diesel, when the diesel came to South Beach, and I'm gonna get into that next. I'm gonna take a quick break. I'll be right back. Welcome to South Beach, Diesel. Thank you for having me. Shaquille O'Neal's announced the Big Aristotle. It's here. Gonna bring a championship to Miami. Can you dig it? Man, I was digging that shit, man. Um, when the Heat made that trade uh, in the summer of 04, uh, they traded Odom, Karan Butler, uh, maybe a like, um, maybe, and a couple of and like a pick or a player or something like that. But anyway, basically they traded them to uh, for the Diesel, um, and I wasn't 
let me just say, you know, I, I wasn't like, I, I, I knew who, sh I knew the Shaq that the Heat were getting at this point. You know, this wasn't 2000 Shaq. This wasn't 01 Shaq. This wasn't even 03 Shaq. Um, but uh, this version of Shaq was still a dominant player. He's still uh, the most dominant player uh, in the NBA to this point. Uh, and his impact, uh, particularly going from the West to, to this Eastern Conference, um, it put the heat right in the right in the thick of things. Basically, the only teams that were pretty much ahead of the heat as far as like the contenders in the conference was the Pistons, who had just won the championship the year before. Uh, this heat team in 0405 finished 59 and 23 uh, for the first time in the team history. We actually had a top a top five offense, uh, 101 points per game. Um, you know, as I said before, uh, in the rally era, uh, offense was the biggest problem. And before rally, you know, defense was the biggest problem. Uh, but here, this team could score. Um, and, you know, Shaq, obviously his presence has opened up the entire perimeter game. Uh, Eddie Jones shot 37%. From the from three, uh, Damon Jones, who they had just got this season, was shooting forty three percent from the three. The Heat uh, were third in the NBA this season in three point percentage at thirty eight a game. Uh, so the three was a, a major weapon. Uh, Wade led the team in scoring with twenty four six and five. Shaq twenty two and ten, about two blocks a game. Um, so uh, I I like this Heat team. I actually think to this point. Uh, in the franchise, this was the best team in, in the history of the Heat. Um, this was the team that, that you know, I believe, and I know a lot of, most of the fans believed as well, that, you know, this team, you know, this is a championship contender. And, and even more, uh, what established that even more was the leap that made, that uh, Wade made this, this, that year. And, you know, his ability to play off Shaq, um, and really, you know, he, he and Shaq fit seamlessly together. Um, you know, way, you know, way is not a jump shooter, but way took advantage of the fact where Shaq took advantage of Shaq's great passing, uh, just getting to the basket, cutting, playing off the ball. Uh, D Wade's one of the best perimeter players ever at playing off the ball. Um, This particular team, man, uh, I was, like I said, I was a big fan, man. Um, this was, it was just a special, special year. Um, got to the playoffs, uh, swept the beat-up Nets team uh, led by Jay Kidd. They had just got Vince Carter, like, uh, I think at the mid-season mark via trade. Uh, RJ was about an all-star level, uh, but, you know, they were beat up. They were, they were injured pretty much much of the year. So we, you know, he beat them swept them uh and then they beat the wizards uh swept them as well two of the, the last two games without uh shack me in there and it was actually a great it's actually really just gave us a glimpse of just how great wade could be um you know the last two games of that series wade averaged like 38 a game um had a triple double in the closing game but uh, in the East Finals, unfortunately, the Heat failed to the defending champion Pistons in seven. I I I'm going to just say this. 
as as outstanding as the Detroit Pistons were, the only reason the Heat lost this series was because Dwayne Wade tore his rib cage. He, some, he tore some cartilage in his ribs uh, and injured him. Um, and he was not even close to being the same. And I can't imagine like how fucking painful it is to play with messed up ribs. You know, every breath you take is painful. Every time you move your arm or, or even t- take a step is pain. So uh, the fact that he was even on the court uh, says a lot about his toughness. Uh, but uh, with doubt Without you know D Wade being himself, uh, it was game over for the Heat. Heat fell in seven. Uh, Pistons would go on uh, to lose to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, as a Heat fan, I can look at this. This is this was a lost opportunity, uh, and injuries are part of the game. Uh, but yeah, this was definitely a lost opportunity because I felt like this particular Heat team would have beaten that 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 Spurs team. And as good as that Spurs team was, I, I I believe that 05 team was the best Spurs team that won a championship. Uh, even actually better than the 14 team because I felt like the 05 Spurs went, they faced stiffer, stiffer uh, competition uh, than they did at 14. And I think, you know, you had Tim Duncan in his prime. You had Tony Parker entering his prime. You had Manu Ginobili entering their prime. Uh, versus them being like well past their primes uh, at 14. Well, not Tony Parker. Tony Parker was wasn't he was talented toward the tail end of his prime, but Ginobili and TD, oh, they were like that. Yeah, they were way past their primes. Uh, still effective, but they seem better days. So yeah, definitely uh, 05 was definitely a lost championship for me as a fan, but. Like I said, I'm a half glass full type of person, uh, and especially as a fan. So once again, and I've said this repeatedly, the future's bright. Hey, we get we got Shaq, he's still dominant. We got D Dwayne Wade, and I'm I'm expecting him to be even greater than next year. Uh so going into 06, the Heat make some changes. Uh they bring in Jay Will. Oh and you know, you all know how big of a fan of Jay Will I am. Uh, yeah. Um, then they got Antoine Walker, uh, Cybertron. <laughs> so, uh, so as a fan, man, I'm like, you know, Jay Will, Antoine, you know, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Then they bring in Gary Payton, and, which I was on, which I was a fan of because, you know, this was old man Payton. But, you know, old man Payton was still tougher than a two dollar steak. And he was going to fight you every inch of nails. And I actually thought that's what the Heat kind of needed uh, on this team. And also, too, Zoe. Uh, Zoe rejoined the Heat. Uh, he had played in New Jersey the year before. So uh, having Zoe um, into, on the team. And then also, too, uh, a first battle Hall of Famer and a role, role player Hall of Fame, James Posey, uh, who was huge. Uh, just because as as a six as a small four, you know, he plays bigger than his size, so he can actually slide down and he can actually protect play some fours and not hurt you defensively and then offensively, man, he made such big shots and he make a big three or shit, he would make a big big save 
from a loose ball going out of bounds or some shit like that. He would make momentum changing plays like at least once or two times every playoff game. And it would just swing the momentum. Uh, so I was a big James Posey fan. Um, you know, this Heath team finished 52 and 30 in the regular season. Um, it was some, it was some shit. Uh, it was not a smooth, a smooth start. The team actually started off 11 and 10 under Stan Van Gundy, who had coached them the year before. Stan Van Gundy had actually just won Coach of the Year, um, I believe, in 05. Uh, and Stan Van took over from Pat Riley uh, after the 04 season. Um, but yeah, the team was not. For whatever reason, they weren't responding to Stan Van. Um, and I think Shaq has, has alluded. He's He was very vocal about why he didn't prefer Stan Van. Basically, uh, from what Shaq was saying, uh, basically the players didn't believe Stan Van Gundy was was a quality enough coach to coach them to a, to a championship. Uh, they Shaq believed they needed Pat Riley to step down. They needed a veteran coach. They needed a coach that understood the grind of trying to win a championship. Somebody that's been there before. And uh, then that's when Pat Riley stepped down from the skybox above. He walked his ass down from there, down to the sideline, kicked, Van, kicked uh, Stan Van to the curb. See you, dude. Peace out. I'm taking over. So ultimate boss move, Pat Riley back on the sidelines, coaching the Heat. The Heat finished the season uh, 41 and 20 um, going into the playoffs. In the playoffs, the Heat beat a feisty-ass Bulls team. And this this was the baby Bulls. Um, not, not the baby Bulls. What, what, was, what, what, what was this era the Bulls called? I guess they were part of the baby boys, but you know, this Bulls team had, you know, Ben Gordon, Kurt Heinrich, Lou Aldane, Andres Nocioni, uh, who they had, Tyson Chandler in the middle. Uh they were they were a feisty team, Tyrus Thomas. Uh so they were young and they were feisty. They were coached by Scott Scows and them motherfuckers just played hard. Uh, all game long and never stopped, never stopped coming. So they were actually a great test. A great warm-up match for the Miami Heat. Heat beat them in six games. Beat a good Nets team led by Kidd uh, with VC and RJ on it. Uh, Beat the Nets in five. Now, sets up the rematch in the East Finals again. Heat versus Pistons. This wasn't going to be like the fucking Knicks. All right, all them times the Heat lost to the fucking Knicks. Because of fucking Allen Houston, Sprewell, Ewan. Nah, that shit wasn't flying. The Heat took care of business with a healthy Dwayne Wade. They kicked the Pistons off to the side. Beat them in six games. I was ecstatic about it because it was definitely payback. And I definitely did not want this to be a New York Knicks situation. Where we got to like look up and watch these motherfuckers celebrating on our court again. Nah, the Heat took care of business. Uh, beat him in six games to go to the NBA Finals versus the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the controversial NBA Finals, to say the least. So basically, 
Um, y'all pretty much know how it went, man. I mean, it's been talked about ad nauseum, but uh, he, uh, Mavs won the first two games by average of 13 points. I mean, this, this series from the first two games, it wasn't even looking competitive. Like, the Mavs were just, like, just treating us like, like we was lightweights and shit. Uh, but the series uh, swung in game three. Uh, now, obviously, look. Obviously, you know the officiating. There, there were, there was definitely some some fishy calls. And I'm, and I, and, and as a Heat fan, even though my team won the championship, we benefited from from some of these calls. Yeah, there were some, yeah, there were some some shitty calls. But then also too, some a lot of that was Dwayne Wade ta- attacking the basket at will. This is what Dwayne Wade does. Dwayne Wade gets to the free throw line. He attacks the rim, and then when you combine, then when you add Shaq into that Shaq is gonna uh, Shaq by default is gonna shoot at least 10, 10 free throws you can just put him down for 10 free throws a game motherfucker too big and strong for anybody so they go hack him and plus he can't shoot no damn free throws anyway so at the very least he's shooting 10 free throws a game way is gonna give you on average at this point in his career he is gonna get to the line nine to ten times so there you go right there that's already 20 times between them two and by the and also too, the Mavericks being a jump shooting type of team, you know, you're not gonna get to the line a lot when you're when you're a jump shooting team, and and that's what the Mavs were, and 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 the Heat's defense, uh, and especially Udonis Haslam, to his credit, I thought he defended Dirk extremely well. Now, it's, now Dirk is Dirk. Dirk is gonna get his fucking points. But Udonis was able to get physical with him. Uh, the, and in the playoffs, too, the refs tend to swallow the whistle, and then they'll let you get a little physical. And Udonis was able to get a little physical with him, enough to at least at least slow him down a little bit. And and that's what happened. And, you know, going back to the free throws, um, you know, Wade, Wade averaged 38 a game from game three to six. Uh, man had 42 in game three. Uh, 36 in game four, 43 in game three, 34 in the in a closing game in game six. Now, I mean, now I mean in game three, his he shot 18 free throws, nine free throws in game four, 25 free throws in game five, 21 free throws in game six. Now, to me, I think out of all the out of all the games, I, to me, game five, like, would be, like, the, the one where, all right, there was, if he went to the line, like, a few more times than, than he needed to. But um, I just think because of Wade's style of play and how he was playing, he was, like, everything was just going to the basket. Uh, everything. He, he was going to the basket, less, like, no regards for anything else. He was trying to wield this team to a victory, wield this team to a championship. And that's what he did. Um, that's exactly what he did. Um, and he come back, win the series, uh, win the championship, their first NBA fucking championship um, in six games um, in comeback fashion. Um, and my feelings, man, uh, number one, we had just watched – way basically do some some jordan type of shit in the night basically that that's what from as far as like nba finals performances to this point the only finals performance that we could probably put better than his was was like jordan's 93 or or you know magic uh or, or like a 
it was crazy, but um, it was just an amazing series. Uh, the greatest Jordan impersonation in a in a playoff series that you will ever see. Um, and as a fan, just watching this man, and I'm I'm thinking like, oh shit, yes, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we go. We we got a we got a dynasty, man. I'm thinking, yeah, we go win the next championship. We go win the next one, and nah, it didn't go like that. Not quite at all. Um, so going into 06 and 07, uh, the Heat finished 44 and 38. Um, shit, uh, they had the worst offense in basketball. Yikes, uh, 94 points a game. Uh, defense was still solid at 95 points a game. But the issue, basically the biggest issue with this team was this team was too fucking old. Dwayne Wade was still in his prime. He was entering his prime, actually. Uh, but this, but the rest of the team was just old. Like, you know, Shaq was getting old. You know, Gary Payton been old. Antoine Walker, was he was already old. But he, he was, at this point, he was looking washed. Uh, you know, Jay Will was looking old and, you know, Zoe, well, you know, it's just, it, it was an old team and, and that's why they got swept by the Bulls in the first round. Whew. Um, and as shocking as that sweep was, uh, it was even nastier actually going back and looking at a couple of, I actually found the game and a half of it and, ugh. And the Bulls were, they were, they were a better team. They were a significantly better team. And, you know, and as a fan going into that offseason, I'm, I'm thinking, well, shit, so much for that dynasty. <laughs> shit. Okay. Uh, so shit. Uh, what do we do now? Because shit, do we rebuild or do we retool? Because, you know, we got so many old guys, Shaq, um, you know, Zoe, Jay Will, Antoine Walker, man, these, these motherfuckers are old at this point. Um, and these were basically like the 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 top three through six players for the Heat, and that's that's a problem. So uh at this point, the Heat did not re they did not retool. Uh basically what had happened was <laughs> this 07. 08 season was a motherfucker. I mean, shit. So, <laughs> this is what had happened. The Heat only won 15 games. I mean, by far the worst offense in basketball. Oh, shit. Um, you know, Wade, 24-4-6. Uh, only played 50 games. He got hurt um, in February. Um, injured his shoulder. He was banged up the whole season with his knee and his shoulder and this is like around the time as a fan this is where like kind of those knee injuries that become be started becoming like a, a thing with Wade and and ultimately a concern um and in this season the heat traded Shaq to the Suns and in exchange got back Sean Marion um so you know Shaq by this point man you know he was he was solid but he he was a it, it wasn't even it was a far cry from what he was, even in 05. So he was solid, but you know it was time, it was time for the big, big Aristotle to become the big cactus in Phoenix. Um, like I said, he got back Sean Marion, uh, 14 and 11. 
Uh, Udonis Haslam was basically like a 10 and 8, you know, 10 and 9 guy. Um, you know, Ricky Davis still had Jay Will. It just wasn't a good team, man. Not even for this weak ass Eastern Conference. And this is like the the, the, the Eastern Conference was was weak as hell at this point. And even still, this roster ain't gonna be enough, man. And and then as also too as a fan, man, you know. We started having to become worried that Wade was kind of becoming like a, more of like a Penny Hardaway type of deal where, you know, or Brandon Roy even like with with his knees. And and now we have to worry about his shoulders and, and especially knees are, are scary. And then, you know, at this point, too, this is the point in time Brandon Roy is starting to go through his knee issues out in Portland. So as a fan, I'm looking at that. I'm monitoring that closely. Like, wait a minute, is it kind of the same thing? And shit, is 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 what? How long are how long do we actually have Wade now? You know, you start thinking like on the damn his career is literally on the clock. So, uh, but any in any concerns about Wade play? That shit was done. Uh, it was done this season. Um, 08-09 season, Wade came back with a motherfucking vengeance coming off of Great Olympics. Uh, he got his body right, got his mind right. He came back in the best shape uh, probably of his life. Uh, and he was a motherfucker. Um, um, just an amazing, amazing season. One of the best seasons from a perimeter player um, you will find uh, Wade 37 and 5, over 50% shooting, um, three and a, uh, one and a half blocks a game. Uh, one of the greatest shot blocking guards ever, man. And this is D Wade. This is peak D Wade. This was D Wade at his nastiest. Uh, he came back best shape of his life. Um, and he came back better than ever. Uh, and I cannot say enough just how how great Dwayne Wade was uh, this season, and particularly with this with this cast they had around him. I mean, Sean Marion was giving a twelve and eight, Beasley thirteen to five. You know, Jermaine O'Neal, who was not the Jermaine O'Neal from Indiana, not even close. You know, thirteen and five. I mean, this is a uh, okay team, uh, but Wade was the Wade was that dude. He was the reason why this team won forty three games, why they got a fifth seed. You know, why this the why this team was able to resurrect itself. Uh, Wade was amazing. Um, should he have been MVP uh, as as a, as great as LeBron was, and LeBron definitely deserved MVP as well. I think this is. A case where there should have been a, a co MVPs, and I'm I'm okay with it being co MVPs from time to time, like the NFL does. I think the NFL tends to, I think when they did the co MVP a couple of times, they actually got it right. Um, and just off the top of my head, what was it one year it was McNair and uh, Peyton Manning, I believe in 04. They both won MVPs, which I thought was appropriate because they were both. They were both great. Um, and then I think in 97, Brett Favre and Barry Sanders both won MVP. And I thought in both those cases, it fit. And so I thought if, if there was ever a year to do a co-MVP, it would have been this year with, with Wade and Braun. Um, 
is a solid team around Wade, but you know, Wade greatness is is what made this team go. And um, you know, he made the playoffs. Lost to a, lost to a good Hawks team uh, in seven, but you know, just as a fan, man, we just saw that Wade was back. And at least now, okay, well, at least we're going to be a playoff team now. And, you know, Wade's back. And more importantly, he stayed healthy. He played 77 games that year. And then in 2009-2010, the following season, uh, the Heat won 47 games. Uh, Wade, uh, once again, played 77 games. So he was staying healthier at this point. Um, now, his numbers did take a dip, 26, 5, and 5, and 6, but he was still equally as great, man. Still equally as great. Uh, Michael Beasley was, gave him 14 and 6. J.O. was 13 and 7. Um, you know, Q. Richardson gave him some three-point shooting. Chalmers. I mean, this, this was basically, minus a couple of players here and there, this is basically the same damn roster it was in, in 08, 09. Um, pretty much the same result. Um, he went to the playoffs, went up against the, the Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo, KG Celtics. Um, they were kind enough to let the Heat win one game. Um, it was those game three, I want to say. Way had 46 uh, to avoid the sweep, but. Um, as a fan, man, it was great to see that Wade was back and Wade was staying healthy and he was, you know, back to being like a top five player. Uh, so now at this point, um, we're thinking, OK, well, shit, he's a free agent. <laughs> Holy shit. He's a free agent. <laughs> oh, shit. He's a free agent. So it just went from like, oh, shit, he could he could he. He could leave because what's keeping him here? Because Dwayne Wade ultimately is about championships, man. It's not about stats with him. It never was about stats. He's about championships. He's about winning. Um, and right now, you know, if he wanted to win a championship, uh, the Heat damn show wasn't the place for him to be. And as a fan, I'm looking at that like, oh, shit, man. <sighs> and, you know, knowing Dwayne Wade and you know, his his Chicago roots, man. And, you know, you got the Bulls right there. And the Bulls was looking mighty. They was, man, that, that girl was looking mighty good, man. They was looking mighty good over there, over there on the corner, man. Waiting to get asked on that dance floor, man. They had Derrick Rose, you know, Joe King Noah. You know, they had good building blocks on that team, man. And, and I know D-Wade was looking over there in the corner like, man, girl, I don't know. I don't know. I got my girl over here on the side, but man, she ain't looking as fine as you. And 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 as a fan, I I remember just I was I was definitely worried. I was definitely on the edge going into the, the summer of ten, man, and just not knowing if Wade was gonna come back or if he was gonna stay or you know just we was we were just on pins pins and needles as fans. Um, so. But I'm going to stop this part two of the history of the heat right here. I'm going to be back to give you 2010, 2011 on down to 2020. So, all right, y'all, y'all be, be safe out there. Have a good one. I'll be back.